Well, hey there. I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters, and I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who's been covering beauty, style, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all of the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll find the foremost experts to unearth what's new, what works, and even what you shouldn't waste your money on. I'm on the hunt for the latest and greatest discoveries and strategies to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. My guest today is Jan Moraney. She has been an icon in the professional skincare market for over 40 years. She has been enthusiastically recognized and endorsed by the medical community for innovative technologies. She holds numerous patents. She was recognized by New Beauty Magazine as one of the top 20 innovators in the aesthetic space. And she has spoken at numerous medical conferences in the U.S., and throughout the world, including the Royal Society of Medicine in London. Welcome, Jan. It's so nice to have you on. How are you? Excited to be here. Thank you so much. I'm. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm super excited because we're going to talk about nutrition and aging skin. I mean, I'm not excited about aging skin, but I'm excited to talk about ways that we can try to control our aging skin. So at least to the best of our abilities. Um, so my first question is, what is the general position today among cutting edge researchers regarding aging, both internally and externally? You know, it, it, it sounds like science fiction, but yes. this premise is becoming more and more mainstream. And that is that we don't have to age. Now, it doesn't mean we won't die. I'm not talking uh-huh. about living forever, but aging is considered a disease. And one of the reasons why we don't think of it as a disease is because, well, everyone gets it to one extent or the other. But the fact is, is that when we define disease, it's something that affects 50% or less of the population, like heart disease or diabetes, et cetera. And when we look at aging, it is made up of a lot of different diseases. So from that perspective, it's a disease. Now, I'm not an expert, and even individuals who spend their entire life studying aging and longevity, there's really, I don't think there's any one expert because it's such a complex, it's such a a huge subject, but I think it's really fun to talk Mm -hmm. about it, fun to hear about all the latest things that are going on, and you know, anything that somebody wants to explore, they should really talk with their physician. Okay. So my next question then is aging something that is in with the, that's within our personal control or is it some drug or something that is far off into the future? Well, you know, we're probably a ways off from being able to sort of completely reverse aging. Although I do know of one researcher that has his, his team from a university has patented something that is maybe 10 years off but there's constantly developments happening all the time that we're able to really treat, we're able to address certain aspects of the aging process or even increase longevity. And there's so many things that we can do as individuals. I mean, there, there really is. Um, when we talk about aging, it's really about health span, in my opinion, as opposed to lifespan. Mm-hmm. If you live to be in your 
80s or 90s, it's possible that there could be anywhere from seven to roughly 11 years where you could be incapacitated. That's not a good lifespan. So health span, you want to stay healthy and you want to stay vibrant. You want to stay viable. And the fact is at least 80% of our health, our wellness is really up to us. Only about 20% is genetics. So we Mm. have control over roughly 80%. That's a lot. That's pretty good. But you're right. You do bring up, I mean, you know, when people talk about that we're going to live to be 100 pretty soon, Mm -hmm. part of me is like, okay, but is that going to be good? Like, you know, is like 85 to 100, are those going to be quality years or are they going to suck? Well, and see, that's exactly right. Right. And, and really today, as far as quality, I think we have a huge amount of control over that. And there are things that we can do right. from different perspectives. Um, it, you know, actually increasing, you know, there's, there's two aspects to longevity. One is that we, we live longer and we live longer because, you know, we have drugs and we have things that we can do and nutritional kinds of things and strategies. But then the other one is, is that at some point, what if your organs give out? So then you get into organ cloning and all of those kinds of things. So again, it's just this massive subject. It is, it is, it is. But it's amazing what's happening and how quickly it's happening. So when we look at the aging process overall, how do we age? Well, I'm going to vastly oversimplify. I'm going to break it into three categories. Okay. The first category is inflammation. And you know, a lot of researchers will say that we're literally um, rusting to death, so to speak. Yep. Um, so inflammation is aging is really an inflammatory disease. And when we think about inflammation, you think about it's one of the underpinnings. It contributes to heart disease. It contributes to arthritis. It's a causative factor in diabetes. It causes tissue degeneration. Um, Inflammation, it impacts tissue repair. You know, our ability to repair. Cancer rates rise. Even aging skin. You go outside, you're exposed to UV light, which is 90 to 95% of what we perceive as Neville aging. And that's inflammation. It's triggered by radiation. Acne is an inflammatory disorder. Rosacea is an inflammatory disorder. Discoloration, every single person on the face of the earth by the age of 35 will have abnormal pigmentation. Well, most of that has to do with inflammation from UV radiation. Um, So that's, that's number one. Now, number two. Number two is compromised instructions coming from our DNA. Now, our genes are made up of DNA. Some of our genes are expressive genes. They express that information. It's like a blueprint. So if you have a broken bone, if you have a cold, if you have, um, you know, a sunburn, you're going to have it forever unless your body looks at those instructions and the instructions tell them how to repair. Now, think about it when you're born. When you're born, it's like, it's like your epigenome is a perfect CD. It doesn't have a scratch on it. Mm-hmm. You're building, you're in an anabolic state and you're constantly growing and you're building and you're making brain cells, but you, you know, you might be getting little scratches on there along the way, but it doesn't pre- prevent you from really repairing very, very well. Now you hit the age of 20, around 20 or so, and you go into a catabolic state. So you don't really notice it right away, but you're starting to slowly decline both internally and externally. And it's kind of like, again, like you have a lot of scratches on the CD. So those instructions are still being put out there but you're not reading them the same way. They're compromised. 
And as time goes on, as they become more and more compromised, you don't heal the same way. You don't look quite the same way. You don't feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a school of thought among researchers that we may actually have a backup set of instructions that are perfect. And we may be able to reboot it someday. But there are things that we can do now Mm -hmm. that actually can reverse some of those instructions. Now, we can do it through certain things, supplementation, nutritionally. But as an example, when we talk about skincare, one of the things that the right retinoid does, and I'm not talking about just walking into the drugstore or the department store, but the right retinoid, and this is 50 years of research, mm-hmm. medical research, actually corrects the instructions coming from your DNA. Hmm. I could literally take two twin girls, put them on the same skincare program. One uses a retinoid, one doesn't. They're identical. And in 10 years, one will look 10 or 15 years younger than the other. And you don't see that with bacochanol and all these other herbal things. And this is, this, this is, this is an extraordinary um, topical agent. Now, the third area mm-hmm. is the gradual shutdown of aging genes called sirtuins. Now, there's about two dozen of sirtuins. So your sirtuins, I kind of like to use the analogy, think of a car sitting in your driveway. It's in perfect condition. But there's no gasoline for the tank or there's no one to put the foot on the pedal. And so they just kind of sit there. Well, that's sort of what happens with sirtuins. Now, again, we remain in this anabolic state for about 20 to 25 years, and we rebuild and we grow muscle and develop mass and do all of that. When we slip into this catabolic state and sirtuins kind of start to turn off, they play a major role in enabling our body to repair, to rebuild, to remain healthy, energetic, all of those kinds of things. And what really fuels your sirtuins is they're made up of proteins. Now, I, this, is, this is a word that I have a hard time pronouncing, but the proteins are called nicotinamide, adenine, dinucleotide. Din, din so, <laughs> it, yeah, I know it's big, but I'm gonna, and I'm going to simplify that later because there's something that you can kind of take to, okay. that to speed that up. But that's what the sirtuins need to function. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also play a role in repairing your DNA. So we just talked about that. Controlling inflammation in your fitness, your survival, your memory. And they also your sirtuins also help to prevent senescent cells from accumulating. Now, senescent cells, another word for those, they're zombie cells. Oh, because, right. I've heard of those. Okay. Yeah. They don't divide and they don't die. So here's what happens. When your cell dies, then you repair and hopefully you replace it. But with zombie cells, they don't really do anything. They're just like a, a bookmark. They just sit there. It's like that black thing on the crossword puzzle. And mm-hmm. so you, you really want to eliminate them because they prevent, it's like a placeholder, but they prevent n- new cells. And eliminate them, well, if you can eliminate them, you're actually going to get new tissue production. Now, maintaining and turning on sirtuins also mimics calorie restriction. For health span and longevity. So if you look at all the studies that are sort of mainstream studies, all of them in the world, there's only one study that has actually demonstrated increasing lifespan. And it's done on animals and it's where they have them calorie restricted. Now, it doesn't mean that they're not getting enough nutrition, really great nutrition, but they're they're putting them on a very low calorie diet. And they live to be the equivalent of about 150 years. Now, 
there's about 10,000 people in the U.S. that actually practice calorie restriction. And essentially, they're trying to live on 500 calories a day. And what they're probably doing to get the right nutrition is they're probably sticking things in a blender and drinking goop. And I always say they may just think they're living longer because they're miserable. Right, exactly. <laughs> Sounds Imagine awful. The enormity of trying to figure out if something works for humans because you've got to follow. You might have to follow people for well over a generation. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but, but we do know that this does work in animal models. And the reason why it works is because it appears to help turn on certain sirtuins when you do that. Now, there's a, there's, a, there's a workaround on that that I can get you, but a little bit later. Okay. So we're talking about what we can do to address those issues. Um, so is there anything we can do to limit or reverse these processes? So you're, are you talking, you're talking about diet basically? Well, there's actually, there's actually, it's really exciting. This is kind okay. of a glimpse. Some of this we do today, but there's four areas. One is diet. Mm -hmm. One is intermittent fasting, which, you know, is some people like it. Some people don't like it. The other one is supplementation. Right. Fourth area is anti-aging drugs. Okay. We, we are going to talk about that. Okay. So you, you said intermittent fasting and you and I discussed, I'm yeah. generally not the biggest fan of that, but you know, I'm open to hearing about why you think, and like I, you and I discussed, I eat in a calorie deficit and I also, um, a slight calorie deficit. And I'm also very high on protein. I eat a lot of protein. I'm not able to get all of my protein in if I intermittent fast because there aren't enough hours in the day. So explain to me why I might want to consider intermittent fasting uh, and other well, things. Well, the intermittent fasting appears to mimic calorie mm -hmm. restriction. Okay. So in other words, instead of having to drastically limit your calories, you can intermittent fast and it's not necessarily dependent on how many calories you eat. Obviously, healthy, if you want to be healthy, you want to have a diet that's, that's, a, that's a healthy diet. Um, right. But here's that it turns on intermittent fasting, turns on certain sirtuins. And specifically, and I'm going to say here that I'm trying to remember which sirtuins, but I'm not sure that I can remember exactly which ones there are. But um, you know, intermittent fasting is, is one of these things that I think there's a lot of data that really validates it. However, there are other things that are really important too. And when we talk about diet, for example, sugar is inflammatory. We know that. Yes. Mm -hmm. When you are dumping glucose into your bloodstream, that sugar, those proteins attach to your collagen. 80% of your dermis is collagen. And what it does is it causes the collagen to stiffen. It causes you to deteriorate and decrease. Now, at the age of 20, you start losing about 1% to 2% a year. Then there's right. your diet. And there's sun exposure currently and sun exposure in the past. And there's all these things that play a role. When you get to be in your 60s, 70s, and beyond, you can have lost as much as 70 80% of your dermis. That looks pretty bad. One study actually showed that if you eliminate sugar for just two weeks, that you get a 25% improvement in your bad collagen. That's pretty startling. Wow. Now, sugar could be, maybe, we, we really think it's, I think it's pretty certain in my mind that it's a causative factor in many conditions and it related to inflammation. You know, we talked about 
diabetes, and we talked about Alzheimer's and all these other things. So literally every researcher that I've talked with, that I followed, virtually all of them subscribe to some sort of low carb diet. Now, it doesn't need mm-hmm. ketogenic, you know, it, it, there's, it, it depends on how you, how you personally want to do this. But um, what happens is, is that it's really about the glycemic load. And, you know, we know what the glycemic index is pretty obvious because if you look at a candy bar, it doesn't take a rocket science, got a lot of sugar. Right. But the glycemic load is what happens and how your body turns it into glucose. So, for example, you could have a piece of whole wheat bread that's the best piece of whole wheat bread in the world, and you could have a quarter cup of sugar. That whole wheat bread will turn into more sugar than the eating the quarter cup of sugar. So. When you are eating carbs, things that we, you know, you sit down and you have a nice pasta dinner and you have some garlic bread and a nice dessert. Um, what's happening is that you're really playing havoc with your blood sugar. Now, not only does that affect your health, but also it's a contributing factor to why acne is an epidemic today among women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and beyond. Because guess what your body does when your 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 uh, levels of uh, insulin become very unstable? You produce more testosterone to normalize them. Now, the other thing is, and I'm going to mention this about diet because this relates to uh, this adult acne, this epidemic of adult acne. We know for a fact, this is absolutely conclusive, milk exacerbates and causes acne. Now, this study was done on 47,000 nurses, repeated on their sons and daughters, and then two separate studies of 3,000 teenage girls and 3,000 teenage boys published in the Mosby Journal of Dermatology, which is the most technical journal that comes out every month. It's not because we give hormones to cows, it's because we milk them when they're pregnant. So if a cow is in the wild and it becomes pregnant, it immediately will not let its calf nurse because, and you can test milk, whether it's from Whole Foods or Safeway, and they contain a high degree of steroidal hormones. So that's Mm. milk. It's going to be yogurt. <laughs> it's going to be ice cream. Uh, butter is not usually quite as, as bad, but um, it, it, it definitely is a causative factor. Now, it doesn't mean your acne is going to go away, but it can play a role in helping to decrease the inflammation in the pustule count. Interesting. Okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit more then about... Um, supplementation. Yeah. Let's talk about that. You know, supplementation is a, is a really um, slippery slope mm-hmm. because you can go into, you know, I, I take probably 20 medical journals or more a month. And then I take a few nutritional supplements and, and I also take life extension, which is really kind of almost an advertising publication, but nevertheless, my point being is that you see something it's a supplement that maybe you haven't seen before or being used in a different way. And you hear, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing in the entire world. It's just going to make everything wonderful. And the fact is, is that this, there's really not great studies on supplementation because who spends the money on the sub, sub, these studies, pharmaceutical firms, and they spend the money and it might take them 10 years to get something through the FDA and they might spend $50 million or more. They do it because they're going to patent it. You can't patent supplements. Mm. Now, so, so that's not to say that we shouldn't take supplements. And there's certain things that I think are very helpful. 
But what I will tell you that the two things that keep coming up over and over again, and there's a book that I really, really like by David Sinclair, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have To. It's an incredible publication. He's from Harvard. He invented resveratrol. He's on heads up so many studies for so many companies. Um, And he sold, by the way, he sold the resveratrol to a pharmaceutical firm for just under a billion dollars. But so the two things um, that really seem to be helpful, one is is NAD. We talked about that's the protein that your sirtuins need. Now, there are some people that have actually get their hands on the actual NAD. And we don't know what the possible side effects are. We don't know if that's a good way to go. But here's what you can do. You can get something called NAD+, and that is known as nicotinamide rubicide. NAD+. There's all kinds of companies that have Life Extension has it, Trujan has, has it. They all have basically the same one because it's patented and they all get it from the same source. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're just getting NAD and it's not mixed with something else and whatever. And what that does is that's a direct precursor to the NAD. So it turns into NAD and there are studies that have shown that it increases these proteins in your serotonin's. Okay, so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind that a lot of supplements may help with your so-called health span, but they don't necessarily increase longevity. We like to think these supplements do. This, there's a good possibility that NAD may. Now, some people uh, also feel that NMN, which is another supplement, um, is something that's really good to take. Now, NNM is behind NAD. So what it does is it actually has to change into NAD or NAD plus, and then it becomes the protein. But they they affect the body a little differently. So NAD plus, I think, is more on the brain and the other one is more on physicality. So some people feel you should take both of them. Okay, then there's resveratrol. Now, the unfortunate thing is that David Sinclair is the only person I know that's got a whole basement full of the actual resveratrol that he invented. Hmm. And resveratrol comes from grapes. And also in France, when they process wine the old-fashioned way, it has resveratrol. But you'd have to drink a thousand glasses a day. So there's an easier way. Now, Oh, but that's so much fun. I would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> so David Sinclair's resveratrol, which you know someday may actually be something that's a prescription, Mm-hmm. Um, this is much more bioavailable. How you can get resveratrol, but it's not going to be as bioavailable. Now, think of this as this is this is the, the proteins like the nicotinamide rubicide. That's like putting gasoline in the tank. This is like putting your foot on the gas pedal with the resveratrol. And resveratrol has anti-tumor activity, and this is this is all a fact. It's just as getting your hands on something that's really going to make a difference. It has mm-hmm. it's very anti-inflammatory. It's heart protective. It's brain protective. It helps protect ins- prevent insulin resistance. It helps with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of these supplements that you get your hands on basically get destroyed in the digestive process. There's one. Or there's probably more than one out there, but the one that I've seen that I think is one of the more viable ones is something called Longevinex. 
Okay. I wish if you're listening, Longevinex, I wish you'd give me some because I'd I've never gotten anything for mentioning that at all. Now, what it is, is resveratrol is believed to activate the sirtuin 1 gene. Okay. 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 So that's kind of the, the supplementation. And, you know, you, you, if you want to take a multivitamin and all that, but, and there's, there's other things. And believe me, I take a whole list of things, but. Okay. So tell us some of the things that you take. I mean, I take a whole list of things too. So I'm always curious what people take. Well, I take, you know, I take a B vitamin, mm-hmm. uh, I take something called CLA, which is conjugated linolenic acid because it helps to, uh, supposedly the studies have shown what studies there are that it helps to burn, um, the active fat. Active fat is fat that sends out bad messages. Okay. So for men, their active fat is usually in their, around their abdomen and their stomach. Mm-hmm. For women, it can kind of probably kind of be anywhere. Um, I don't have my list with me, but I take uh, Protandum. And Protandum is basically a supplement that has to do with, it has some turmeric in it, it has a lot of other things in it. And Protandum actually was uh, put on the market um, kind of as a precursor to a a drug that the the researchers were putting out for possible prescription use. Uh, Protanum works on what's called T-bars, not to be confused with T-cells. And in one study, in fact, this was um, a number of years ago, they actually did a segment on 2020. The host on 2020, um, they did blood work on him. And T-bars are a uh, kind of a, um, they show how much sort of oxidative stress you have in a way. So for example, if you have heart disease or you have various kinds of of opportunistic ailments, your T-bars are going to be higher and higher and higher. And the idea is when you take the supplement, it returns your T-bars to about where you were when you were 19. And in six weeks, it did this in the host on 2020. Um, And I take fish oil and I take... um, can't remember honestly okay that's all right i i know i threw that one out you i have a big packet but you know i think that it as important even more important because again that's kind of an area that's so nebulous it It, is it's it you're it's really about um it's really about your diet and how you eat every single day it's so critical i agree i think if you can get those nutrients through your food you're probably better off anyway but Mm -hmm. I mean, I take supplements. Uh, The problem is, and I have found this and I've talked to other women is, you know, your friend is taking a supplement. She tells you about it. You start taking it. Then somebody, you hear about another one, you start taking it. Next thing you know, you're taking like fistfuls of supplement. Yeah. 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 You know, and that's, that's also not a lot of fun. I want to mention one other thing that I do take. And Mm -hmm. people ask me all the time about collagen drinks and things like that. And um, I take something called BioCell, and I think it has the best data on it. Now, BioCell, okay, okay, see? I take that too. Oh, good. (laughs) Years ago, BioCell was being looked at for its work in elderly people that had arthritis or joint issues because the idea was if they could get hyaluronic acid and a certain type of cartilage to cushion joints, would it help? with these ailments and most of the stuff is again destroyed in the digestive process so they attach it to a peptide and what they found out in the study is that it was helping but also anecdotally these patients were saying wait a minute 
my skin is different. My skin feels more moisturized. My brown spots are disappearing. I feel like my lines and wrinkles look better. And so BioCell, and we're talking, what, 15 years ago, probably? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe more than that. So it's, it's it has some good data on it. So BioCell then kind of evolved from there. It's still sold for that particular use, but it evolved from there for skin. Now, what I tell people is that the original study, 2,000 milligrams. A lot of the supplement companies tell you to take 1,000 a day. It needs to be 2,000. Interesting. 2,000 a day. Yes. Okay. Now that's good. At least I know I'm, I'm uh-huh. using the right collagen. <laughs> Doing collagen drinks and things and whether they're bioavailable or not, I, I, don't, I don't really, sometimes I don't think that they are. Uh, and you could be spending $125, $150 a month. BioCell oh. is pretty reasonable. I I think so too. And I actually, of all the collagens I've ever taken, and I've taken them before. This is the only one I've stuck with. I've been on it for like two years. It's so far superior to any other collagen I've tried. Um, and you know, that's also because I learned that they also were able to break it down into a molecule that can be absorbed. Most of us aren't absorbing the collagen that exactly. we're taking. And, right. And- you know, and so, and I, over the years, you know, I've done a lot of work and a lot of research into human growth hormone secretagogues, you know, your pituitary right. doesn't stop making growth hormone, it just stops releasing it. And so rather than take, you know, having growth hormone injections, secretagogues can be helpful. But in the big picture of things, um, overall, I can't say that necessarily that would contribute to what I would consider to be a, my health routine. It's right. really going to make a huge difference. So it's, you know, it's been fun to kind of play around with those things, but, um, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. good. Okay. I feel, I feel really good now. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I try to tell people everybody, it's so interesting to me how many women I know are taking, um, a collagen that they're not absorbing. And I feel, you know, like it's like literally flushing money down the toilet because that's exactly where it's going. <laughs> Well, there is another one out there, but it's a lot more expensive. I don't know that it works better, but there's one called Toki, T-O-K-I. It's been around for a long time. Toki, I think, was Japanese for porcelain. And it comes in a little sachet, and it's a protein. You know, you you rip it open and you put it in water. And um, it also was kind of broken down so that it could be absorbed. But again, I don't really think that it works better. It may not work as well as BioCell. and there's. BioCell is a lot more cost effective. Yeah, I like the taste too. I mean, I I, I don't mind you it. You do the you do the drink. I do the BioCell tablets. Yeah, I do the, the drink. Capsule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Haven't yeah. tried the. Okay, so how about let's can we talk about anti aging drugs? I'm so fascinated by this. Okay, so we've moved what? on from we've we've moved on from supplements, and now we're talking about anti aging drugs. Let's talk. So in our vastly simplification, simplifying conversation. Okay. <laughs> um, so there actually is an anti-aging drug as we speak. Now there's going to be other things on the horizon, but um, this was a, a drug that you can get to right now. And it was designed for diabetes. It's called metformin, M-E-T-F-O-R-M-I-N for type 2 diabetes. Metformin is mm-hmm. metformin forever. In fact, it was used in the 50s in um, Europe 
And it's, uh, I think the prescription use started in the U.S. around 72, maybe a little later. But I mean, my goodness, this is one of the most prescribed drugs in the world. It's been on hundreds and millions of people. And um, it, this was a study, though, that I'm going to talk about that was done on about 14,000 individuals. Now, first of all, metformin, what, what they have found, and this is medical studies, these are genuine medical studies that have found that, number one, it's protective for Alzheimer's. It is. Um, it it appear it, it appears to extend lifespan. I'll get more into that. It's protective against many diseases. It significantly lessens inflammation. It's protective against heart disease. We know this for a fact. Cancer, uh, a number of different cancers, and in men, particularly prostate cancers, Alzheimer's. It improves your energy. It improves your vibrance. It improves your skin. Just the overall feeling for most people of health and well-being. Now, in this study on these 14,000 people, let's just say, for example, that you're a diabetic. And let's say that you're elderly and you're a couch potato and you don't exercise and you sit on the couch all day and you have a horrible diet. That the studies show that you may live three to five years longer than you or me. What? Think of what it can do to a healthy person. And I can tell you that every one of the researchers that I know that don't have diabetes and my own personal physician who does not have diabetes, they all take metformin. They've been taking it for some of them for years. So what, what metformin does is a very simple drug. In your liver, you have an enzyme. And this enzyme is what helps to keep you from over dumping glucose into your bloodstream. Now, as you get older, it becomes compromised. And we know today that even with our diet and some things that we do that are not good, even teenagers are at great risk and, and, and this could be faulty. But even if you don't have diabetes, your blood sugar levels aren't going to be quite the same as they were when you were you know, a teenager or 20. So you know, maybe this, this mechanism is, is somewhat faulty or compromised. Um, and what happens when you take metformin is it simply keeps it from dumping. If you stop, you dump, if you take it, you dump. It's not like there's any overlap or, gee, I stopped taking it. Now I have to kind of somehow wing myself off of it. It either works or it doesn't work. And the reason why we think that it has this effect on lifespan and this protective effect is that it actually releases very tiny amounts of free radicals into our cells. So free radicals are not always bad. This acts as a stressor, and what it does is it turns on certain sirtuins. Okay. Back to that sirtuins you were talking about. Got it. Okay. All right. Is that, yeah. Go ahead. No, is that, is that the, is that the only anti-aging drug that we can get our hands on right now or? Something else, but I don't know that you should. I'll I'll talk about that next. But on on with the um, what they're finding is now uh-huh. when I was kind of first researching this, what they were saying is is that for a female, typically you would take maybe a thousand milligrams a day, for, and if you do more than that, it's not going to help you. Uh-huh. Now they're saying that it actually may be lower for anti aging, could be five hundred milligrams a day. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, there's, they just, there was just a conference on this. In fact, my physician just attended the conference and I think they're really studying this in more and more data. And the FDA is actually doing a study on it as we speak. That's my understanding. 
So it could be that in the future, you would be able to actually get it by prescription for anti-aging. Now you can get it by prescription. It's not that it's not that difficult to get, but you want to talk to your physician. And, you know, there's rare instances where somebody might have something where they would not want to take it. Um, but I can tell you that in the future, it's probably going to be a combination of drugs. Now, I'll tell you about one combination that's been studied right now. And some people have gotten their hands on it, but we don't know the side effects and we don't know the long-term ramifications. So there's a drug called reframicin. Now, reframicin is an antibiotic used for tuberculosis. But what they're doing is they're saying, if you take it in very tiny amounts, like we're talking about two milligrams. Mm -hmm. And then there's another drug called rapamycin. Now, rapamycin is another antibiotic that's used for organ rejection. They're saying if you take that in 0.5 milligrams. What they're showing in some animal studies is that it may increase lifespan by about 89%. Wow. 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 Now, if you add Allantoin onto that, now Allantoin, and I wasn't aware you could take it, but Allantoin is, uh, they can make it synthetically, but it's something that maggots excrete, and it's, it's actually good in skincare. It's an oh, anti-inflammatory. Okay. They're saying that increases it to 95%. Now, what they're saying is that the, the combo, the, the winning combo may be reframicin, rapamycin, and um, metformin. Oh, okay. But I think we're wow. going to have to really understand more about, again, long-term ramifications of taking something like this indefinitely can do. With metformin, there's been a lot of research done on this. and um, you know, there's another, by the way, there's another diabetic drug that is very interesting. So you, people probably heard of this because you hear it advertised all the time. It's called Jardians. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. Is does kind of what metformin does, but it does it because it causes the, the um, sugar to be released to your kidneys. So it just does it by a different mechanism. And the only real side effect with Jardians is that you probably go to the bathroom very frequently. This is, again, sugar is being released through your kidneys. Okay. Now, Jardians hasn't been, to the best of my knowledge, hasn't been studied as intensely for anti-aging. But a lot of physicians feel that it may have anti-aging benefits equal to or more than metformin. For example, if you're a diabetic and you're on metformin, mm-hmm. uh, you have a greater chance of heart disease and certain other kinds of issues. And so what they'll do is they'll Hmm. oftentimes add Jardians to your metformin. And what it does is it's been shown to decrease death in diabetics by 30%. Hmm. Um, It actually lowers the risk of of heart-related deaths such as stroke or heart attack. It um, helps to prevent heart failure, and it also keeps people from being hospitalized. It seems what it seems to do is it seems to block the action of something called SGLT, as in Tom dash two proteins. They get the improvement in weight, um, but again, a lot of doctors will have their patients that are higher risk taking metformin and Jardians. So. Um, I've, I've run across a few articles So some of them are, are somewhat speculative, but they're speculative from people that are very, very knowledgeable in this area. And they feel that Jardians could be 
another terrific anti-aging possibility. Interesting. Wow. Look at, look at how far we're coming. Although metformin has been around so long and I have only recently been hearing about this. So, you know, it's obviously still sort of a well-kept secret or uh, maybe people are taking it that I don't know about, but you know, um, I, I think that a lot of people in the medical community, they're exposed to the studies, uh, right. a lot of taking it. Um, and but again, you know, it's just, it's, it's exciting and we're, we're going to have more and more studies along these lines that will really um, help to give more definition okay. and more substance to some of these studies. Okay. So let's talk about then skincare. How does this relate to skincare and how can we, what can we do to de-age our skin? Okay. Well, another complex subject, but yeah. There's three segments of the aging process. Now, one is heredity. Mm -hmm. And so you inherit your bone structure. You want to know how you're going to age? Look at mom or dad or grandma or grandpa because you inherited their you know, cheekbones or whatever. Can't change that. Second one is intrinsic aging. This gets a little depressing, but intrinsic aging, or we call it true aging. For example, some high points. By the age of 60, 80% of all females will lose the show of upper teeth. What does that mean? Well, look at mom or dad. Or grandma or grandpa, and sometimes unless they're smiling broadly, you see the lower teeth and not the upper teeth. And in 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 if you look at magazines with models, even when they're not smiling broadly, they have a well-defined vermilion border. The lip is upturned, it's fuller. Your lip elongates in in two directions. It elongates down vertically. It starts to turn under. It thins. The platysma muscle, the big muscle in the neck, takes the corners of the mouth down, pulls the corners of the mouth down, um, and your nose. Everything elongates. Now, your nose doesn't keep growing, but it can actually droop if it's in, if it's you have a larger nose. Um, it can broaden through the base. Earlobes, they, oh gosh, they elongate about a third of a centimeter in men, a little bit less than women. And then women are challenged by more than men in one area. As a man ages, they become more masculinized in facial appearance. We, we look at that as a good thing. Now, as a woman ages, she becomes more masculinized in facial appearance. And it's because right. the most feminine feature of the female face more than any other, not the jawline or the eyes or the neck. It's the apples of the cheek, high cheekbones. So it's called the youthful triangle. If you put a triangle over your face, highest, widest part is the cheekbones and it narrows down to a well-defined jawline. Now, as you age, what happens is cheek pad starts to move down. You lose volume mm -hmm. and you see a nasolabial fold you know, a smile line, a nasolabial fold. And pretty soon you could turn that triangle upside down because the jaw area will be the high, the widest part of the face and the cheek area will be flat. And we're all guilty of this, but if you've ever looked at a little old couple that's been married, you know, 60 years, mm -hmm. and you say, oh, they're so adorable. They've lived together so long, they even look alike. It's mm -hmm. because the female face has flattened out, looks more like the male face. Now, that's where cosmetic surgery comes comes in. And that's a personal issue. But the third area is extrinsic aging. And here's the good mm -hmm. news. That intrinsic aging, that's 4-5% of the aging process. That's all it is. 90 to 95% is sun exposure. Mm. And it was programmed in our skin before the age of 10. It takes 10, 20, 30, 40 years to show up. Now, you know, when I talked about that our genes are made up of DNA and some of them are expressive, the instructions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it applies to your skin 
as well. And one of the things, though, that when we look at the sort of food chain or hierarchy in skincare ingredients, um, kind of the granddaddy control panel is something called telomeres and telomerase enzyme. Now, telomeres come off the end cap of your DNA. They look like shoelaces. The uh-huh. end of the telomere looks like the end of a shoelace. It's kind of like that hard plastic thing. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. And the hard plastic thing is the telomerase enzyme. And that has genetic material and chromosomal material. Well, telomeres, the reason I call them the granddaddy sort of control panel, is as we age, they shorten. And when they get really short, you lose immune function, you die. Hmm. Now, how do we know this? We know this because children that have progeria, turn little old people, Mm -hmm. um, they're actually born old. They're born with little short telomeres. Hmm. And the... Scientific Nobel Prize was awarded a number of years ago to three scientists for their work on telomeres, telomerase enzyme, and along as they relate to aging and longevity. And be, even before that Nobel Prize, I was doing some research and I found out a study where they soaked skin cells in telomerase enzyme and they never aged. They became immortal. Now, we're not at that point yet. <laughs> But we make a prop. We make a product called Age Intervention Regeneration Booster, and Age Intervention Regeneration Booster is is patented. And this actually, the study on this has been written up in the Journal of Drugs and Dermatology, it's a peer reviewed okay. journal. And it has something in it called cyclostrogenol. Cyclostrogenol comes from the astragalus plant, but it's believed to affect, I think, it's CD four and CD five cells. And what it does is, it affects. It appears to give a little bit of length to the the telomere or in effect the telomerase enzyme now telomeres are actually kind of fluid if you have a really bad illness or your lifestyle is not good they can shorten prematurely and on the other hand if you change your lifestyle and you recover your telomeres can lengthen a little bit so you can influence them okay and so what cyclostrogenol is believed to be able to do and along with we've got growth factors and some other things in there but what it's believed to do is kind of maybe kind of turn back the skin's aging clock a little bit and it's not going to turn it back to when you're 15 but in the study as an example um every patient in the study they had a hundred percent response whether it was in the collagen elastin appearance of discoloration appearance of fine lines and wrinkles etc cetera, etc cetera. and um so it's an extraordinary product that people use with our skin care management system, but it's one of the things that is kind of on the upper echelon of sort of helping with the appearance of aging. Interesting. Wow. There's so much information here. This is crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to have to listen to this podcast again a couple of times, I think just to, I mean, I took notes, but <laughs> this is great. So what else would you what else would you like to add before we wrap this up? Well, I'll tell you something. This is, you know, a lot of times when I get interviewed, somebody will say to me, the media will say to me, Well, Jan, do you use your own products? And I'll say, Yes, I do. I would hope so. I just assumed you did. <laughs> and they'll say, Okay, Jan, what what is it that that, that that you know gives you the motivation and what is it that why do you do all the read all the medical journals and do all the studies and everything. And I give the same answer every single time. And I say, well, because I don't want to have adult acne and I don't want rosacea and I don't want, you know, um, discoloration. I'd like to hopefully keep fine lines and wrinkles away as long as I can. I'm going to be 71 this month. 
And I say, I don't want another product. I want a solution. And you know, the average female has over $700 in product in her bathroom she doesn't use. And what? When you think about, when you think, of, think about this, you, 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 you hear something and it's kind of hyped and sounds great and you use it and it doesn't work or it stings or, or you're not sure should it sting and you stick it on the shelf somewhere. And you know, it's the same thing, whether it's supplementation, whether it's any of these things. And really what I'm about is I'm about solutions. I want a solution. I think everybody else is, there's, there's no different. They're no different. They want solutions as well. Yeah. I have a ton of products in my bathroom, but, uh, I, I recognize I'm not the norm because I try so many products, but that, that breaks my heart that women are wasting so much money. Um, you know, and it's sitting in their bathrooms. Yeah. It's so hard to differentiate. Nobody. Let me just tell you, you know, my marketplace is a physician marketplace and Medi Spas and licensed skincare professionals. No one ever walks into a physician's office and say, you know what, we want you to carry our product. By the way, we have the second best product. Yeah. Everybody has the best product. It's the latest, greatest, it's the most wonderful. Um, and so, you know, it's really hard to differentiate. We're not cosmetic chemists. Um, you know, right. not, I, I started out my career by lecturing to physicians and medical professionals um, on ingredients. And, and then I, and I did radio and television because people want to hear about ingredients and what works. And then I started working with researchers and, um, and, you know, all over the world in terms of uncovering identified breakthrough technologies. This is actually my fourth business, but um, (sighs) it's just really, people really don't know. And then you've got all these social media platforms like TikTok, where they're telling you all of this interesting information that um, is being posed as being something that's, uh, you know, legitimate science. Oh, most of it's not, please, please. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. Because we could talk about, I was just talking today about the buckle fat removal. That's like the big topic right now. Um, and, you know, because like Leah Michelle did it and Chrissy Teigen. And I I find, you know, these are trends and they're they're permanent. I mean, that's what some of these people don't understand. And like something that seems like a good idea when you're 25 years old, you're going to, I'm like, when you're in your fifties, you're going to want that fat back. That you Cause you know, what people don't realize is that you want to reposition fat. Correct. Even right. lower surgery today, in some instances, they remove fat, but in other instances, they reposition it. Right. And that's how you get rid of the hollow look. And um, it's much more youthful looking because the distance between the upper cheekbone and the lower eyelid should be very short. And when you take the fat out, you can tend to elongate that area. So you're absolutely right. And, 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 and they are permanent. And then we find out over time that so many of these things that sounded so great end up having drawbacks. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, Kim Kardashian got rid of her butt that everybody went and got, you know, or all these people did. And these are trends, you know, and I, I hope that people understand that something that seems like a good idea again, when you're like 25 might not age very well and you might not age well, you know, so. You know, and some of the seductive, like I, I would, I'd love to have a a rounder derriere, but unfortunately, I don't have a choice because I just don't have enough fat to 
Well, you know, I I don't know. I want like a tiny little butt. Like that's just what I I just don't get that whole thing. But that's me, you know, and I I get it, but a lot of these are trends and it just it makes me so sad in a way that you know, people just can't enjoy what they have when they have it, you know, and that they're always but I guess such is life, right? I guess that's we always want something the grass is always greener. Well, and it, and it is, and it's, you know, and again, it's a lot of trends and, and when you're kind of, you know, when you're in your twenties and your thirties and you kind of look at your peers and you sort of run in a herd, right? you want to be accepted as part of that herd. It's hard. It's hard to not be affected by something that seems like it's going to, it's going to be the trend forever. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. And some age better than others and some, whatever. Well, this has been so fascinating. Um, this is one I know I'm going to need to listen to a couple times. So I can imagine other people will too. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap this up? We went kind of long. So just, you know, just that it has been such a pleasure. And Aww, you too. Everyone that listens, thank you so much because I wouldn't be here without you guys. So thank you so much. And your products are fabulous. So. Check that out. I will leave a link in the show notes so everybody will be, you know, know where to find you and your product. Um, Okay, so we're going to wrap it up. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new pro-aging podcast bi-weekly, so please contact Lauren at fountainof30.com for sponsorship opportunities. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. And remember that your skin, there's some things you can control and things are evolving and it's so exciting and we can't wait to see what's next. Thanks so much, everybody. 